The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. The New York Giants have continued their winning streak on to 5-7 after a 17-12 win over the Seattle Seahawks. And honestly, Chris, I don't think either of us could have predicted the game to have played out the way it, it did. And if I will say... If we were to try and guess how the game would play out for the Giants to win, I think we would come up with something similar. Not exactly, but I don't think a lot of people had much of an expectation for the Giants to go out and win this football game. We talked about the remainder of the schedule, having to play some uh, a team like the Browns and the Ravens, and we were saying that the Browns would be the easiest game for them to upset an opponent. But they came out... They played with their hair on fire. They played lights out defensively, making up for an inconsistent offense and a non-existent passing game. It was overall exactly what they needed to do to beat a Seattle Seahawks team that before today, before this loss, was in the driver's seat for the NFC West and a likely favorite to be uh, a contender for the NFC Championship game. And now the Giants play spoiler and have helped cement themselves in a firmer spot atop of the NFC East. Well, this really was just another example of the Giants formula. They're the way they have to win games. You know, it, it seems like each one of these last four games, we've come out and said, you know, th- this has been a weird game. And really, that's that's what it has been. You know, the, the Giants formula has been Wayne Gallman coming out running through, running over, pounding the rock in the run game, between the tackles, keeping the offense on schedule, giving them a just manageable third down after manageable third down. And then the defense has frankly been playing out of its mind. You know, Patrick Graham, we're going to be talking about him plenty a little bit later on, but he has this defense playing so, so well. You know, I, I wrote about this immediately after the game. It It's one thing to stifle and confuse 
Brandon Allen and the Cincinnati Bengals offense. It is a complete other thing to do what the Giants did to the Seahawks in this game. The Seahawks have had arguably the best offense in the NFL. Russell Wilson has been playing championship uh, MVP caliber quarterback and the Giants confused him. You know, there were multiple times throughout the game where we saw him pulling the ball down. You know, that is completely different from Brandon Allen or even the way he's playing right now, Carson Wentz pulling the ball down and ha- having to struggle through indecision. We said this before recording. Uh, we said this during the game. This absolutely was a Patrick Graham and Wayne Gallman win. Yeah, they, you know, this was a win that was earned by the defense, by Patrick Graham. And then Wayne Gallman, I guess, because he, despite not getting as many touches as we would like, was the primary reason for their offensive success. Now, Wayne Gallman, we'll hit on this as our first positive for today. Wayne Gallman has 16 carries for 135 yards, averages 8 yards a clip. At one point, he was averaging around 11 yards per touch, per rushing attempt. We'll get into some of the issues that we had with that, but we have to give credit to Wayne Gallman, Gallman when it you know when it's due. Wayne Gallman rushed fantastically, despite not getting a lot of touches early in the game. For whatever reason, he's been the Giants' starting running back over the past few weeks and has been one of the hottest running backs in the NFL. And for whatever reason, they weren't giving him the football. He still stayed patient. He stayed confident. Despite them not getting him the ball, he came out and ran hard, finding holes, shooting through gaps, and picking up huge chunk plays. Yeah, and that is what he does. You know, he finally is getting those chunk plays. He had a 60-yard run, I believe a 23-yard run. Both of those set up touchdowns. It's kind of a shame he didn't come away with either of the Giants' touchdowns. Those both both went to Alfred Morris. Uh, I you know, guess he played Vulture. Gallman, like you said, he runs hard. He finishes his runs. And the Seahawks are a good tackling defense. And for Gallman to keep falling forward, to keep turning two and three yard runs into four and five yard runs, that doesn't look like much in the moment. But that's huge for the offense to keep churning, keep keep keeping the chains moving. That has been the difference for the Giants offense over the last several weeks. He's got really good vision. And his running style suits the offensive line so well. With that power man gap scheme, he is not a lateral runner. You know, he is not the kind of running back who fits well in a in an outside zone scheme. But that's fine because this is an offensive line that blocks downhill or blocks man gap schemes very well. So he finds that hole, follows his blockers, and just real subtle jump cuts to make defenders miss, break their angles just enough that he can get those extra yards after contact. Frankly, we've, we have said this before, but just shame on the Giants for really wasting his rookie contract to date. He is going to be a free agent after this season, and yet he is showing that he should have been a much bigger part of the Giants' offense dating all the way back to 2017. Now giving some attention to the Giants' defense, there were two key pieces, I believe, for why the Giants were so dominant in this game. I talked about in the in the pregame preview show about how Seattle does not block very well on deep passes and also play action, leading to a lot of easy pressures 
on Russell Wilson. And Patrick Graham fed into that perfectly. They slowed down the run very well, but the defensive line, despite not sending that many guys, it was mostly a four-man rush dropping eight or, or seven, however many guys were, that were available to drop. It was mostly dropping those guys and sticking with a basic rush, and they were able to hit home for five sacks and ten quarterback hits. That was a fantastic defensive performance, and they ate up a offensive line that has looked better than they are on paper, and they made them look silly. And then the other thing, too, I got to give a tip of the hat to James Bradbury and the secondary for slowing down an offensive receiving group that has been explosive, particularly DK Metcalf. Bradbury was on DK for a majority of the game. He was not perfect. He didn't completely shut down DK Metcalf, but to hold the NFL's leading receiver to only six catches and 80 yards, no touchdowns, is a huge accomplishment. And that, I would argue, is an underrated part of why they won. To keep their best player out of uh, just having a, a good game and keeping him from having his typical dominant game is a major, major reason why they won this football game. Yeah, the, James Bradbury, he had a good game against DK, which you know, it, it's up until the very end of the game with Bradbury getting his hand up to bat away that Hail Mary fourth down pass from from Russell Wilson to a gaggle of receivers. I, I think that's the proper terminology for a group of wide receivers and tight ends. It, it's almost a shame that the big the big image to come away from that game up until that moment was DK Metcalf uh, more or less throwing Bradbury to the ground to pick up yards after contact because Bradbury did a really good job of keeping DK in check. Yeah, it, it wasn't perfect. Uh, DK still got his to a certain extent, but he never did get that big play. He didn't get that touchdown, which he has gotten so many times before this season. We are going to discuss some negatives that come from this game, and there were some head-scratching decisions, some interesting approaches on offense, some miscues on special teams. We're going to address all of that very shortly. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chris, I have to bring up first the negative here. And I I feel so pessimistic bringing things up in a win. But you have to bring up some of these things because if you fix 
various parts and various issues and glaring major issues, this game would not have been as close. And also, if they weren't lucky on certain spots, it could have been a win for for Seattle. I have to point to first questionable play calling and decision making by Jason Garrett. The examples I pull up are one we already talked about. Why was Wayne Gallman not getting the ball more and why did they wait until the third quarter to start feeding him? He was exploding at that end part of the game and it was mind-boggling that they weren't riding with the running back that has been so hot for them. I also point out that for some reason in the first half they were overly willing to throw the ball. There were a lot of empty sets for Colt McCoy who was clearly not doing very well when he had no protection from a running back. He was rushing. He made mistakes. That interception is on him because he rushed the ball because of the pressure that was coming in his face. And then lastly, the decision to throw on third and four on their final offensive drive could have seriously impacted the outcome of this game. That is a play that needs to be a rushing play that runs down the clock a little bit and forces Seattle to call a timeout. If it wasn't for a strong defensive stand and an effective shutdown by the Giants' defense, that could have been seriously detrimental for the Giants in winning this game. Yeah, you know, I I honestly don't feel bad about bringing up negatives in a win because we have to take a balanced look at this. You know, we can't go full Homer water carrying for the team. And as great as it is to get a win, you know, we do need to be aware of some of these issues. And quite frankly, you know, like letting Wayne Gallman disappear for almost the entire first half and chunks of the third quarter, you know, that that was mystifying to me. I saw on Twitter, people were asking if he was injured and no, apparently not. You know, I still don't know why Deion Lewis was on the field for the Giants final series of the first half. You know, I, I don't know why they didn't ride with Gallman and run the ball a lot more in the first half, because that has obviously been the strength of their offense really for the last month, which is kind of a funny thing to say, considering how they started off running, started the season running the ball. But really they they have been a running and defensive team. That That's how they win games. And like you said, the, throwing the ball, I, I suppose maybe it, the, the thought process was that the Giants had been running so well so the, the Seahawks didn't expect them to throw. But yeah, that this was not Jason Garrett's best game. You know, he they made several head scratching decisions. It was clear by the second half that they didn't really trust Colt McCoy, but then they still put the ball in his hands and it, it worked out. It was really kind of odd in the moment. Lastly, we have to point to the special teams miscues, and this was a back to back performance from last week's bad week where not only in one facet of special teams, but in multiple facets, there were egregious errors that, again, could have seriously affected the outcome of this game, could have helped Seattle win this game because of the error, because of these errors. The, the three examples that I want to bring up here. So they missed a PAT, Graham Gano, first time missing a PAT in, a, in however long that he has even missed one in his time in the NFL. That was... Um, a miscue 
Additionally, that punt by Riley Dixon after they failed to convert on that third and four I already brought up, for Dixon to put that in the end zone is a huge mistake. Your offense puts you in a position to possibly put the dagger in the back of Seattle by just pinning them deep. You know, maybe you don't pick up the the first down and score and kick a field goal there. The idea is that you're in a spot where you have a good punter, you can pin him deep. But instead, he puts it in the end zone and they get the ball at the at the 20 20 yard line. So that is a, you know, an error there that it gives them less field to travel with two timeouts left in under 2 minutes. Lastly, I just want to cover here Chris, before I, I hear your thoughts on the special teams, the blocked punt could have, have seriously ended in a a much worse manner than it did. And I really just want to quickly cover what happened there. David Mayo, who is the right guard on punt, is responsible for playing his gap. Nobody came in his gap, which usually means that somebody is running a stunt. The opposing team is running a stunt. He, for some reason, buried his head into Casey Kreider's man, who he was blocking, and didn't look up as somebody came on a delayed pressure, a delayed stunt, right through his gap. So because David Mayo was not looking up, that is what caused this blocked punt. And Chris, you talked about it in in your postgame article. That blocked punt could have gone another way, and the Giants would have lost this game. Yeah, the... The Giants were really, I think, exceptionally lucky that they only wound up giving up a safety in that situation because the Seahawks basically had that ball recovered in the end zone. And it was really just by the side of a hand that it was a safety and not a touchdown. And that was a swing of five points. And this was a five-point game at the end. This game looks completely different if the Giants go into halftime in a at the bottom of a 10 nothing hole you know, they might not be able to come out and run the ball in the third half if they're down by two scores like that they might come out having to throw the ball that frees up the Seahawks to start blitzing really turn Jamal Adams loose you know playing with a lead is what they're used to they've the Giants defense didn't let them have their big play offense that is what their defense is used to they're used to forcing teams to have to throw the ball not be able to run the ball as great a win as this is it was really that close to being very different all right folks that is going to be it from us here on the chris and joe show giving you our quick reactions after the game we are going to watch the film on monday and then give you our tuesday show breaking down that film, letting you know some of the things that you might have missed. Stay tuned for that. Please follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at RaptorMKII, and at BigBlueView on Twitter and Instagram. Also, please head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, folks. Have a wonderful rest of your day.